0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of neuropathic or charcot joint of the elbow found under the shoulder and elbow section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. Neuropathic charcot joint of the elbow is a chronic and progressive joint disease most commonly caused by syringomyelia leading to the destruction of the elbow joint and surrounding bony structures. Diagnosis is made with radiographs of the elbow. And supplemented with cervical spine MRI to assess for a syrinx. Treatment should be individualized based on the degree of functional limitation and underlying neurological condition. Neurosurgical decompression is indicated in the presence of a syrinx. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the incidence, this is a very rare condition in the upper extremity, and only about 40 cases have been reported in the literature. In terms of the anatomic location, charcot joints may develop in the elbow, the shoulder, and the foot and ankle. In terms of the pathophysiology, this involves a syrinx formation. A syrinx formation, or a fluid-filled cavity, occurs in the spinal cord, which causes damage to the decusating fibers of the lateral spinal thalamic tract, leading to loss of pain and temperature sensation. The loss of pain and temperature then leads to dissociative anesthesia, in which proprioception and motor function are preserved, but pain and temperature are not. As the syrinx enlarges, Damage to the dorsal column and the anterior horn of the spinal cord may lead to areflexia, loss of motor strength, and muscle atrophy. There is then joint destruction. This may involve neurotrauma, which is loss of peripheral sensation and proprioception, which leads to repetitive microtrauma to the joint. There is then poor fine motor control, which generates unnatural pressure on certain joints, leading to additional microtrauma. There may also be neurovascular joint destruction. Remember that neuropathic patients have dysregulated reflexes, and desensitized joints that receive significantly greater blood flow. The resulting hyperemia then leads to increased osteoclastic resorption of bone. In terms of the genetics, the molecular biology to keep in mind involves the rank, rank L, and OPG triad pathway, which is thought to be involved. Conditions that are associated include orthopedic conditions such as ulnar neuropathy, medical conditions and comorbidities such as syringomyelia, which is the most common etiology of neuropathic arthropathy of the upper extremity, Remember that about 25% of charcot joints are a result of syringomyelia. Also remember that this is typically monoarticular, with the shoulder being more common than the elbow. There may also be an Arnold-Chiari malformation. This is the most common cause of syringomyelia. Other associated conditions include Hansen's disease or leprosy. This is the second most common cause of upper extremity neuropathic arthropathy. Neurosyphilis, or tabes dorsalis, is also associated and usually affects the knee, although it can be polyarticular and another associated condition is diabetes. This is the most common cause of foot and ankle neuropathic joints. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms will include a swollen elbow. 50% of patients will have pain, while 50% will be painless, and there may be loss of function. On physical exam, one may note a swollen, warm, and erythematous joint. This may mimic infection, and atrophy may be due to ulnar nerve entrapment. So this may result in interosseous atrophy, hypothenar atrophy, or clawing. On motion exam, one may note a loss of active motion, which is the most common finding. Remember that elbow flexion, extension, pronation, and supination are all typically affected. The elbow joint may be mechanically unstable, and there may be loss of passive motion, which indicates a mechanical block. A neurovascular exam is also essential. Remember that the ulnar nerve entrapment at the elbow is very common, so paresthesias in an ulnar nerve distribution may be noted, as well as interosseous weakness. In terms of imaging, recommended radiographs include standard views of the affected joint, which in this case would include an APN lateral of the elbow. Specific findings early on may include degenerative changes that may mimic osteoarthritis. Late changes include obliteration of the joint space, fragmentation of both articular surfaces of a joint leading to subluxation or dislocation, scattered chunks of bone and fibrous tissue, joint distension by fluid, surrounding soft tissue edema, heterotopic ossification, and a fracture. An MRI of the cervical spine is indicated to rule out a syrinx when neuropathic elbow arthropathy is present. A bone scan can also be performed. This may be done as a technetium bone scan, which will be positive or hot for both neuropathic joints and osteomyelitis. One may also perform an indium white blood cell scan, which will be negative for neuropathic joints but positive for osteomyelitis, so it is helpful to differentiate from osteomyelitis. In terms of other studies, labs may demonstrate an ESR and white blood cell count that can be elevated, making it difficult to differentiate from osteomyelitis. An EMG and nerve conduction study is helpful for confirming ulnar neuropathy associated with the diagnosis. And on histology, one may note synovial hypertrophy and detritic synovitis, which is cartilage and bone distributed in the synovium. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about osteomyelitis or a septic joint. This is difficult to distinguish from osteomyelitis based on radiographs and physical exam alone. Common findings in both conditions are swelling and warmth, an elevated white blood cell and ESR, and a technetium bone scan, which is hot. However, findings unique to a charcot joint include an indium leukocyte scan that will be cold or negative, whereas it will be hot or positive for osteomyelitis. Now let's discuss treatment. Non-operative options include rest, NSAIDs, functional bracing, restriction of activity and treatment of the underlying disease. This is indicated as the first line of treatment for neuropathic elbow joints. In terms of the outcomes, 50% of patients will report improvement after non-operative management. Another option is an intraarticular corticosteroid injection. This is indicated for severe elbow pain. Operative options include neurosurgical decompression. This is indicated in the presence of a cervical syrinx. In terms of the outcomes, decompression of a syrinx has shown to slow disease progression, maximize joint function, and improve bone quality. Studies have also shown some elbow joint space restoration following a syring's decompression. Another option is a peripheral nerve neurolysis. This is indicated in the case of an ulnar nerve palsy or a PIN palsy. In terms of the outcomes, limited case series have demonstrated good recovery of nerve function but high recurrent rates. Another option is an elbow arthrodesis. This is indicated for elbow pain and instability that has failed conservative management. In terms of the outcomes, limited case series have demonstrated improvement of pain but with functional limitations. And another option is total joint replacement. However, Charcot joint is typically considered a contraindication to elbow total joint replacement. This is due to poor bone stock, prosthetic loosening, instability, and soft tissue compromise. In terms of the outcomes, limited case reports exist on elbow arthroplasties for Charcot elbow with mixed results. Now let's discuss the techniques of some of these treatments in more detail. For rest, NSAIDs, functional bracing, restriction of activity, and treatment of the underlying disease, the functional bracing should allow for flexion and extension, but neutralize varus and valgus stresses. For intraarticular corticosteroid injections, an onohumeral joint injection is considered most effective. For neurosurgical decompression, the neurosurgical management has been reported to consist of one or more of the following, a posterior fossa decompression, craniotomy, syringoperitoneal shunt, or laminectomy. For peripheral nerve neurolysis, a cubital tunnel release must be performed with careful soft tissue dissection due to severely altered anatomy noted in patients with Charcot elbow. And for elbow arthrodesis, the optimal position for most activities is 110 degrees of flexion, whereas 45 to 60 degrees of flexion is optimal for work-related activities. A contoured plate fixation is most commonly used to achieve arthrodesis. And lastly, complications related to Charcot joint of the elbow Include ulnar nerve entrapment. This is the most common complication of Charcot elbow. Another complication is infection. Risk factors for this include a higher risk with surgical intervention without management of underlying conditions. And another complication is upper extremity DVT. A risk factor for this is any surgical intervention. That's all for this review about neuropathic or Charcot joint of the elbow. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the Ortho Bullets podcast.